Jillian's nervous. I'm nervous, guys. I've never I've never done this before. I'm shy. I'm shy. I'm, I'm shy and I get really easily spooked. <laughs> spooked. There's ghosts everywhere. I'm I'm just a little I'm I'm think of me as a a horse in a stable. Yeah. A horse in a stable and a storm's a coming. Uh-huh. You better put that blanket over my eyes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You put them under a blanket. <laughs> not sure. Not sure. Kelly and I, uh, not horse girls. Not, not horse, horse girls. girls. But no no shade to horse girls. No disrespect. No, I the majestic animal. I could never. I, I It's uh, too scary. Truly too scary for me. So I like, horse girls to me are brave. Horse girls are brave. Horses just don't really have a big draw for me. It's not that they're too scared. It's not they're they're just they they just I'm sorry, they don't. They don't have a draw. You're not you're not scared of them though, of what their power? No. Dude. They're terrifying animals. I I told you. I've told I've said, I've said but both my parents have horse incidents, so maybe this is where yeah, I Yeah. It's it's a intergenerational trauma. It absolutely I in that yes, I inherited it. You inherited yes. it. I still remember I used to work at a bar where um, we got the New York Times delivered to the bar. So people would sometimes like sit around and do the crossword puzzle. And, you know, it was very cute, whatever. And one time there was like a clue that was like, oh, it's this horse sport. Da, 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 da. And they're like, we really can't figure it out. These two guests. And I was like, it's dressage. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, like, sorry, we're not bougie. Like, we didn't know what dressage was. I'm like, some people who know what dressage... And I was like, I, like, I, sorry. Um, I was like, so you... No, I was like, it's just, like, a sport. Like, I was like, it's not like yeah, I it's not. do dressage. You don't, like, you didn't, like, open up your sports coat and have, like, a whole panel <laughs> of dressage stuff on the inside uh-huh. and be like, can I interest you in some of my fine medals I've won? Like, I was like, like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, I was like, okay. I'm, here are your eggs. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm highfalutin. Like, right, like, I was like, me? I'm just really not sure. Like, whatever you're projecting onto me, like, please, please. Yes, cease and desist. Please. Um, hi everyone. This is FOH. Welcome to it. I'm Lillian Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. And it's a service industry podcast. Just a couple of, couple of clowns in the circus. (laughs) True. Two girl clowns. Two, and they're girl clowns and they're very feminine. They're girl clowns. (laughs) (laughs) They can't drive the clown car. (laughs) They can't drive. And they won't. They can't drive the clown car. And the only reason there are so many people in the little car in the first place is they have bad spatial relations and they thought they would all fit for real. <laughs> for real, though. God. Um, oh, my goodness gracious. Kelly, how are you? Post-New uh, York wildfire season. Post-New York wildfire, I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, I lived it. I lived it. Um, <laughs> it was definitely weird and freaky, and I obviously have never experienced anything like that. Um, it was shocking. I'll yeah. say it. It was shocking. It looked awful. Yeah. It was, and there was such an impulse online for people to 
deride people in New York for mentioning that it was awful. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and which was very funny. And, you know, shout out to being a hater. I am too. But um, it was genuinely crazy. And I did, I worked on Wednesday night and, you know, I had a mask on. It wasn't an N95, um, but it was, you know, there. And I genuinely, to now, like I still have what I think is lingering phlegm. Yeah. Dare I say. Dare no, it I makes say. you feel sick. I, yeah, I it's remember. crazy. Like I, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't really realize like headaches were correlated. Yeah. Um, me and almost everyone I know had a headache for 48 hours straight. I didn't know that was yeah. part of it. It was just like, so like this, the learning curve was steep. You know, suffice to say, it was a steep, steep learning curve because I, I mean, we recorded on Tuesday. I took a, I did a bike ride on Tuesday. I was like, I was like, I don't know. Sometimes air quality is bad in New York. And then steep learning curve. I was like, oh, this is really bad. I don't think your body's, I don't think you're supposed to deal with this stuff. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Uh, hopefully it's back to normal for the time being. <laughs> I do believe so. I do believe so. Um, How are y'all? I am just fine. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's one of the worst, uh, Oregon's one of the worst allergy places, specifically mm-hmm. where my I live. And I feel very powerful because um, so many sufferers around me. And I'm like, you know, I knock on wood, don't have it here. So I'm just like, when a large part of the population is down for the count, that's when I really rise to the occasion. Oh, absolutely. If I and didn't have occasion- senior seasonal allergies, I would be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. It's it's a slight, it's a small W that God gave me uh, in this time of my life. So I'm really clinging to that. And uh, yeah, finishing up... Um paperwork of fucking school and shit like that so yeah i don't know lot is ending but you know what something has to end for something to begin kelly that is so true you know out of and it's your season gemini yeah it is my season and i there is a reason for the season so yeah yeah you're in your power um also the crazy drugs that um i got as i I referenced um so I don't know if I was, I don't think I was specific, but it's basically the drug I've been on for depression plus just one of the ingredients that's in cough syrup. And I really have no idea what it's supposed to do um, that's better than just the drug without that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make me want to throw up. And also she told me it might make me feel like I'm like living outside of my body. So that's also been a little bit true, which is, you know, not an unwelcomed um, side effect, but right. um, I am I am wondering what the women in STEM were thinking with yeah, that. Yeah, what were where were they coming from on this? Um, and I yes, and it's it is uh, good to to assume that it was a woman who created this. We've <laughs> come so far. We have come so far. Um, so, anyways, just uh, I'll keep everyone posted. But if you um, are someone suggests a drug that's not yet on the market and it does contain just randomly something that's in cough syrup. I wouldn't say don't give it a try, but 
you might feel like you're going to throw up all day. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mm, go with God, you know, go with God. Ultimately go with God. Yeah. No, hopefully it's temporary and I'll be back in my body anytime soon. Um, do you have any service stories, Colleen? Um, I think, well, did I mention this on the Patreon? I don't remember, but it, this was another st- uh, story of being uh, a guest and a customer, but this just made me laugh so much. And I already told you this, but I, it just really made me laugh. And I just, Please. I have to say it, which is that I got a tattoo on uh Tuesday and, um, from a wonderful non-binary tattooer. Mm. And uh, thank you for your service. Colleen. Thank you. Thank you. Oh Being well, ally. ally, pride, you know, ally, 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 ally behavior. Yeah. Um, and we had not discussed uh, pricing before I got the tattoo, um, and so when it was done, I was like, "Well, how much money do I owe you?" And they were like, um, well, I do do like sliding scale um, pricing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's okay. I don't need that. Um, yeah. You know. And they were like, okay, okay, okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I still want to do it. So I guess let's say between um, <laughs> 275 and 300 <laughs> And I was like, oh, the scale is $25. Got it. Got, Got it. it. I was like, okay, so that's not what I would consider a sliding scale. I don't think it's what a sliding scale is supposed to. I'm not sure yes. who is who's gonna be advantaged by 275 versus 300. That's sort of a yeah, like uh, a shuffling scale. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> kind of a. a yeah, yeah, it's sort of like a, the scale might need some WD-40 at that right, point. Right, it's a little creaky, yeah. A little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> when you try to slide it. <laughs> a little bit. Or maybe she was, or they were referring to um, like a, a slide whistle. I don't know. Oh, true, true. And that doesn't go very far. Because that was a little bit of a prank. Yeah. yeah. That was a little. I do sliding of... scale, <laughs> or do I? Yeah. <laughs> um, sliding scale is another one of the word. If you had told me sliding scale would become a word that we would have sort of like, we wouldn't understand what it means in everyday conversation. You know, four years ago, I would be like, why would that be something that is now up for debate about what that means? And why is that in a normal conversation we're having? Oh, okay. I got it. So mutual aid and sliding scale, two things so fundamentally misunderstood by the average person. Yes, we in these circles, in these circles. In these circles. Um, yeah, so I did think that was very funny, and I was like, I love that idea. And I know there are restaurants that do, uh, if not sliding scale, kind of like pay what you want or like pay it for, or you know, you can buy a sandwich for the next one or like whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I, I love the idea of um, like at my restaurant, cocktails are $15, and the idea of kind of being like, 
yeah no like it's kind of like pay what you want pay 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 what you can afford you know we certainly want to like extend uh, a helping hand to those in need and everyone deserves luxury and moments of service so um fourteen fifty, if if, it, if it's all you can afford we're certainly welcoming to those for whom 1450 is all before tax before tax of course before tax of course and 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 of course tip of course tip. and and you will still need to, <laughs> to tip um, on top. that is really funny uh um, yeah just a hoot and a holler what about you hoot and a holler. any uh, um interaction stories no not really i i did i had uh we had our little barbecue yesterday in the park for our union uh which was fine um but afterwards someone was like do you want to get a drink and i was like sure and uh we were like what's around here and i was like well there's the bowling alley i like so we just went to the bowling alley and had three dollar and 75 cent heinekens hell yeah dude yeah and we didn't bowl and we just like sat there and they were playing country music and it was awesome so that honestly sounds really fun yeah, I, I would go there by myself if it were, like, if they turned the lights down, like, a little bit, mm. I could, like, maybe get away with it. But I feel like if I started just kind of hanging out there alone all the time, it would be maybe a little weird. Yeah, I could I could see where that would be. You don't want to become too much of a character in someone else's narrative. Right. That's the thing is, I, I, I you know, as young as I am, I still worry about the future and worry about becoming Naturally. crossing the line from, you know, a compelling, mysterious woman to, you know, an eccentric. Right. So it's right. That's it's what a, I mean. Is a, you can be in someone else's narrative, but you don't want to be just like, um, remember that woman who used to come in when we worked at the, you know what I mean? Like five years from now when those friends are chatting. Right. Remember that remember woman that who used to come was, in and what, drink beers. Whatever happened to her? What do you think was wrong with her? Why was she reading like, you know, Katie Kirk's memoir or whatever? <laughs> That's my summer read. You. <laughs> well, you gotta go light. Um, You've been working hard. That is so funny. Um, sorry, my group chat's blowing up. Um, hey, you know. Hey, it's Khalees exciting. and Bill Murray are dating. You know, I mean, we gotta. I, get I can't that. even touch that right now. Also, should we just have a moment of silence for uh, our our lost brother, Ted Kaczynski? Ted, an foh, an foh moment of silence. Here we go. We do have a Patreon episode. I sorry, said a moment of silence. Okay. Okay. We have a Patreon episode. We definitely have one about the Scum Manifesto, but did we touch on the Unabomber? I, you know, I was thinking that we hadn't. Okay, maybe but we should. But I remember crazy. reading it during COVID, and I don't know if that's just because I was going insane or if it was for this <laughs> podcast. Like, um, I was doing a kind of like follow directions, how, <laughs> how to become more like Unabomber <laughs> Google it search. Was, it was domestic terrorism for dummies, if anyone... <laughs> need the link uh i do feel like maybe we should release the the scum manifesto i do feel like we must have touched on it at least i mean we definitely talked about it before but i don't oh 
I know what you mean. Because we were talking about manifestos. Is that why? Yeah, we were talking about manifestos. I really don't think we've done a full episode about the Unabomber. No, I don't, we definitely haven't done a full episode. Okay. Why is there always... Is this somebody got a motorcycle? What's going on? Okay, sorry. <laughs> this is a very quiet lane. I don't know why these people are sort of noise polluting with their motor disciples. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyways, okay, well, that could be fun. Maybe an in-memoriam episode for our listeners. Um, Okay, uh, before we start the show, LMAO, um, please do call in and leave a service story to the FOH hotline. Uh, It's 414-533-5-FOH. Call toll-free. Leave a message for us, uh, a story, a rant, a rave, anything you want us to hear, and we will play it on the podcast. Um when we remember to do it um or send us your service stories whatever whatever you want to do however you want to get the info to us we will listen um write a song write a song please you know though i obviously have had songs written about me as you know a woman in you know certain circles about my podcast (laughs) In certain circles. Certain, certain circles just means, like, the well, psych loyalty rock scene has, of Boston, Massachusetts. Written... That's true, essentially. Essentially. What has now become... Unbeknownst to him. The, the ballad of FOH. Yeah, true. Um, okay. Let's get down to business. Here. Okay. Oh, my God. I have to get rid of the group chat, because it's very juicing, and I can't look at that right now. <gasps> oh, my God. I want to know. Uh, yeah, it's not juicy for anyone else because it does involve a Google Drive, so not actually that juicy. Okay, that, take it back. But to me, I'm going to eat it up. Okay. Um, so, Kelly, do you want to introduce this? Sure. Um, this is something 20 that... 20 minutes in, yeah. Yeah, solid 20 minutes in. Um, this is an essay that got a lot... It was shared quite widely. Um, I am not... Um, Totally familiar with the author, but her name is Rebecca Shule, and I think Shuh? is it Shuh? I don't know oh. how to say it. It's uh, S C H Such Such God. Um, and um, uh, sorry, I made her Jewish. Um, and maybe she is, maybe she's not. I don't know. Um, and. Uh, it's called Bad Waitress. It really heavily made the rounds. I mean, obviously because of the... Sorry, my cat just knocked something over. Um, because of the circles that I traffic in, which is mostly people who work in the food service industry, but it also got shared a ton on Twitter. And I think this is a relatively new website. And so there was, it's like been really big for them. And um, in the, the essay is called Bad Waitress. And it's about this woman kind of reflecting on her work in food service, comparing it to her career as a writer. Um, and yeah, we just want to talk yeah. about it. Um, you read this before I did. I did. Um, actually Kelly was, we were discussing what we were going to talk about on the podcast today. And she said, um, it's kind of a long read. Um, and I was like, do you think, 
I can't read. <laughs> what's what is the what is the, what's the I barrier was just here about to my timing. involvement? I was just thinking about timing. Sometimes we do have to like squeeze in episodes, and Lillian's like, I have twenty minutes in between like eighty four <laughs> meetings, and like you need to not ramble or like tell me about like what random ex lover came to the bar. Like she's like, get to the point. And so I just meant it from like I don't know if okay, you want to okay, spend okay. fifteen minutes reading this article. It was just funny. I was, I felt like Kelly was questioning my fucking literacy. So no, no, I know you were. I was just, I was just joking. But it was a funny idea to me. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> I was like, I can send you some bullet points. Yeah. Do you want like the spark notes? <laughs> um, so yeah, I really love, I really love this piece. I wasn't quite sure. Some. I just wasn't sure what was going to happen because it said bad waitress. And I was like, this could, this could make me <gasps> mad. It's so nerve wracking. Well, our friend yeah. also texted us about it earlier in the week and she was like, I would love to hear what you guys think about it. And I was like, it's like one of those pieces too. I feel like this is such a college phenomena to me is like when you come in having done a reading and you're like, I really liked it. And am I going to, if I say that, is the professor going to be like, well, wonderful. Yeah, you just proved yeah. you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but um, yeah, I, 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 it really resonated with me. Same. I it, um, felt uh, she's a great writer, and it felt very real. And um, I just really liked. It's so refreshing to have someone not end a piece about working in the service industry in a predictable and shitty way, um, which does not happen very often. I feel like when I, um, when I read things, uh, written by, I don't know, us, but also I really liked, um, she, you know, she talks about the various jobs she's had and sort of like how that impacted her life in good ways and in bad. And, um, and also, like you said, reflecting about like the nature of the work itself. And I just like how she, she raised a few great points. What one of which was like, why don't we have people who work in the service industry writing about the service industry or being food critics or being in food media and journalism, all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, why don't you like, we've said that a million fucking times. And it's just like, we're the experts. We yeah. are the experts. I mean, a hundred percent. I think a huge part of what felt so good about reading it is that, um, like it walks the balance and I hope we do this too of like neither denigrating the work of, of waitressing, of bartending, whatever, but also like, and I even saw people like sharing this and journalists and stuff, quoting it and being like, I remember the the times I've had to serve and it's the hardest job I've ever done and da 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 da. And it's like, that's because it wasn't the right job for you. And the idea (laughs) that it's like, it is this, like, it's like the idea that it's uh, anyway, she didn't overly valorize the work either. And so much of the essay is about, like she says, um, she, she says at one point, um, it's made me a worse writer. Like she's like, you know what it made me? It made me like easy money. It made me lazy. It made me less ambitious because it Mm -hmm. afforded me the life that I wanted. And then I didn't have to do all the other stuff. Yep. 
And it's like, that is so true. And I have almost never heard that articulated. Totally. Yeah. And it's like the idea that it's unskilled labor is so deeply embedded in people that people are reading this essay and reflecting on it and going, it was the hardest job I ever had. But the whole structure of this essay is about how easy it was for this woman. And it's because it is skilled labor and only some people can do it. Right. And when it's easy for you, it's easy. Yeah. And I love, I just love that being like such a backbone to this piece. And then also that she says, she's like, I thought there was something else going on in other industries. I thought there was, she says, Mm. for so many years, I thought that I was missing an element of secret knowledge about how actual jobs worked and that therefore I would be stuck forever. But now that I do other work, I see it all for what it is. Everything is a system. The restaurant is a system. The content management is a system. The computer is a system. Everything is so much simpler than I imagined it was. And she Mm -hmm. said, I thought I was doing an easy job, but everything is an easy job when you know the systems. Other professions weren't magic. They were systems too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we've said too is like, not just like, oh, why aren't service people writing about food? Like, why isn't it seen as the gateway to, like, to any job? Yeah. Yeah. And the more time you spend in it, the less likely you are to get any. It's like, oh, you're digging yourself a little pit, aren't you? I'm watching you dig yourself a pit for years and years and years, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you could never get another job after working so many years in the service industry, and you're fucked. It's like, what? It's so crazy. Like, it's so crazy that that's, that is real. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, in some ways that is true, and some ways not and like you can do whatever the fuck you want and figure it out and like people do that all the time but um certainly is uh the way a lot of people think yeah job yeah that it's like once like it's so it does silo you but it's like it's absolutely crazy that it does because it gives you such a an understanding that actually other jobs don't and it gives you like the ability to see not just oh the system but so many systems working together and i just think it really does um if serving is easy for you there are so many things that would be easy for you because it is the ability to manage large and small scale interactions and work within you know like you have like the whole night and you have the the whole dining room and then you have your section and you have your tables and and then you have the whole menu but you also have the kitchen and you have the drinks but you also you know what I mean like it's like you're able to operate on so many levels when you're in the front of house and the idea that like knowing Excel is a more considered a more broad knowledge base is actually crazy. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like you're working under stress, you're working under pressure, you're having interpersonal constant, you know, interpersonal interactions. 
money, numbers, like it's all that, like, you know, it, this is nothing new that we're saying. It's all there in this job, basically. Um, and yes, you can do many things very well from the skills that you gain working in a restaurant. I mean, I'm a good example of like me coming in and being like, oh my God, I don't fucking know Excel. I don't know any of this fucking shit. I've lied on my resume for 20 years that I know how to do this. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but like, it's not that fucking hard. And no. also you just say, hey man, I actually like don't know how to make this kind of spreadsheet. Can you do it for me? And then someone will just do it for you. And it's like, that's just like, it's not fucking, it's nothing that you can't figure out. No, and you're a perfect example where it's like the soft skill is unlearnable and the hard skill is learnable. And like, there's a reason that you're a fucking union leader now two years into being at grad school and like like training you know like training your replacement and like in charge and it's not someone who's been in academia their whole life and it's not someone who is even like a phd candidate it's like you because yeah you know you you've got it got moxie Got moxie. No, because you know how to get shit done. You yeah. know how to get shit done. Fucking period. If you're like busting your ass and like good at your fucking job, New York City fucking restaurant, like you literally can do almost anything. Like fuck, like I'm not saying it's, again, I'm not saying the work is like whatever. I'm just saying like, if you are good at that, if you were like killing the, killing it. Yeah. You're good. You're good. And I think, again, like to this author's point, and to what I think is true about you and true in your union is like, you're good because you inherently understand work-life balance in a way that people who are like more classically academically or career oriented don't. And it's like, even though, and I thought that was another part of this essay that I like really, really, really connected to is especially when she's still living in California, the author. And she's like, my whole life was, basically a shit show and the only thing I knew how to do was work and so I worked yeah. six days a week because everything else was chaos and so I just worked and I think that's a lot of people in the restaurant industry I think people yeah. are drawn to the restaurant industry because they have for the most part untreated mental illness <laughs> and because they have weird boundaries and they're they get into relationships that are really intense and, but they're also like alienated even from those intense, you know what I mean? Like it's like, there's so many and you like make this family and it's the same as a real family, a biological family where it's like, there's big problems, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And I think so many people work is a release in this way that is not necessarily true. Like I know people are like, well, office workers are so alienated and that's why people want to return to the office. They're so alienated. They don't have friends. Da, 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 da. But it's like the true release of being at work when you have, when you're completing physical labor is like, that's really yeah. real. And there have been like years of my life where I've worked so much more than I even needed to money wise just because I couldn't do anything else and I wasn't good at anything else yeah and but literally back to my original point which is that 
you don't have work-life balance in the way that like <laughs> the calm app is probably telling you you need to have it you have it in like the immediate sense of like I had a shitty night I'm going out and getting drunk with my friends <laughs> right I worked really hard on this brunch service and I made $400 I'm buying myself a new pair of pants right right yeah. I just worked 13 days in a row. I'm taking a week off to go to Fire Island. Like, <laughs> and that just, there's like such an immediacy to work-life balance when you're doing physical labor. And I think like you obviously have that in the union too, where you're like, we need to have prom. Like, is there any reason for it? No, we're doing under the sea prom. We need it. And it's like, and it, everyone else responds to it, but it's like, you know that that needs to happen and no one else is yeah. going to know. Yeah. No, and and it's really true. And also, like, just this is a problem with a lot of graduate students is, like, A, if they don't see themselves as workers at all, period. But it's like, okay, what are you – so what are you doing when you go and you teach people? Are you fucking – like, it's like, okay, it's your career develop. Like, it's so twisted how people's, like – how people have been made to think about what they do, especially in this dumbass fucking world. They don't think of themselves as workers or they're cool with that system because they want to be part of it. Yeah. So it's like a very difficult, it's, it's been, it's a big struggle for me to connect with people like that because it's, I just cannot fathom not having an, an inherent animosity for uh, your boss and some amount of resentment for your work. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, not all the time for everything, but like, that should be something that you think about is like, what is the, what's my relationship to my work? What's my relationship to my boss? How does this change my life? Like, what do I do? How does it impact me? Like, this is like, what we do for work is our fuck, it, especially in this stupid fucking country. Like, that's our identity like it or not and that's our fucking life and that's what we spend most of our time doing most of us so it's like you don't think about it yeah you don't it, like you don't you you analyze every fucking other thing dumbass graduate student and you don't think about this right anyways it's I not think, unique specifically to these fucking people but and God no bless but i but. think it's like it's so stark when you are like i'm lit literally serving someone a drink like I'm literally right. handing them a drink. right right um and they're obviously in a moment of leisure and I'm working yeah. and it's not to say that like oh the college kids are like members of the leisure class but it's <laughs> like it's really difficult to understand like the triangulation and I'm totally sympathetic to the grad students who are like well, the everyone is at work in this context, technically. You know what I mean? The, the professors, the, the tenured sure. professors, the students, everyone's at work. And it's like, but you need to understand your level of exploitation on a larger scale by the university rather right. than, right. you know. But, you know, for people who want to become a professor, couldn't be fucking me. But, like, I mean, I would become a professor in, like, 1967. Mm-hmm. When, you know, it was as romantic mm-hmm. as it seems. But mm-hmm. 
today, 2023? I mean, I guess you're a little bit safer from school shootings if you do college, but you're not guaranteed. There's no guarantees. There is no guarantee. Putting your damn life on the line for this? For what? There was a couple, um, two professors at my college, the Schrocks, Randall and Alice <laughs> Schrock, and they, when they were hired, only Randall was hired. They were both um, history professors, and I think it was in the 60s. And then he said, ally, he was like, um, what if I take half pay and my wife takes half pay and we each teach, like whatever it was, they were, he was supposed to take, teach four classes or whatever. And he was like, we each take two. And it was like enough money. You know what I mean? Like it was a breadwinner yeah. salary. So they split it and it was enough for like their household. And oh not cute. That's if really you could do cute. that. Yeah. Men, listen, you know, that's the way to do it. <laughs> be, be Randall Schrock. I think he's <laughs> Imagine. dead now. I think he's dead. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like the right timeline for him to be dead. Um, well, RIP to a real mensch. Um, goodness gracious. No, it, it made me, you know, it, this was a, the first piece I'd read in a while. Ugh, you know, when do I read pieces anymore? Jesus, my stupid life um but this was something the first piece i'd read in a while that i did feel an emotional connection to and was moved by and it was thought-provoking and um just i don't know yeah i i I did really connect with it and um it made me feel sad and i don't know and not sad and also I just really like, I, I mean, whatever. I just, I really like how nuanced she was without not saying it. Like, she said things, but also was, like, do you know what I mean? She made real points, but it was also very nuanced, which is, is a difficult thing to achieve, yeah. especially when you're talking about something as complicated as this and, like, you know, and, and work and, like, all of that, so. Yeah, um, and I think, yeah. like, I did really appreciate the end point of it and sort of the place, like, she kind of rested, which was, like, ultimately like she's in a place in her life where like privacy feels like protection and so Mm -hmm. it's like you all work is going to be bad and is going to be evil and you're going to be exploited and ultimately no matter what you do you're making money for someone else and but the question is whether the criticism is rude and something you receive alone in your home or maybe at your desk or whether it's something that happens publicly and affects your wages and you know Mm -hmm. you like and how you're able to process that and um and I think like for me as we were kind of alluding to in the top of this episode like we obviously New York Wednesday there was like this whole wildfire crisis and like the way that that was treated at my restaurant and the way that it was handled was like so evidently about the experience of the guests and about continuing to make money for the restaurant that it's like, yeah, there, it, there's, there's no element of privacy. Like there was no decision for me and there was no right. element of privacy. And it's like, ultimately, yeah, that is like, you can't be really a protected worker 
even by a union and so you know what I mean like whatever but so, but like you don't have to be completely vulnerable and there is a way that the service industry again without yeah dramatizing what people in the service industry work through there is a way that you are just completely vulnerable to not only the discretion of like your bosses but like the discretion of like ultimately my safety in that moment was predicated on how dangerous other people felt like it was to be out and because right. they decided it wasn't dangerous for them to be out I had to be out right which is crazy yeah yeah it really yeah it's funny this and it's not funny but like reading this piece and then also thinking about you know what all so many people went through with this wildfire stuff in in new york recently and then also you know when last summer when i was working in a restaurant and like <sighs> people really thought or think maybe that covid and what we the issues that came up and what we dealt with and whatever is this one time fucking disaster. Obviously it's a, it was a unique thing that happened. Uh, God willing. At, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was the first, let's say. <laughs> um, so, but as we fucking get right in our face this past week, it's like this kind of shit on a fucking huge scale is going to keep happening. And so like, I'm gonna be able to tell in real time what you have and have not learned. And I see it and it's right in front of my fucking face. So like, you know what I mean? It's like, you can write all the pieces you want. You can fucking pay all the lip service you want. But on June, whatever the fuck, 7th, 2023, three years after COVID fucking, you know, blasted New York apart. People are working in fucking hazardous conditions because somebody wants a fucking Bellini or whatever the fuck. It's like, it's all a fucking joke. Yeah. It is really crazy. And yeah, it is so nuts. And it's like, it is so hard because like the benefits are I think so many and I I genuinely love like I love working in the service industry and it's not a compromise to me to be here but it is like then you're like working through yeah. a wildfire and you're like am I what? <laughs> an idiot like I, right it's records I, <laughs> Imagine wondering how I got here. Record scratch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Me making margaritas on Wednesday night. I mean, yeah. And and I don't mean to, like, speak for people. It's not, I'm not working that job right now. But I'm just, like, it just still is, like, fundamentally pisses me off. Um, no, it's... there's lots of other people who work, you know, they have to be outside or like, are you know, that's like yes, a lot of yes. work. So it's not, you know, but it's not unique to fucking patio dining, but like, 
it no, seems that much more yes it's such a strange position to be in because it's like in some ways is this there is this level of freedom and then it's, and and then it's like oh that was all a lie yeah and I yeah. think too, like again, like something she like touched on is like the sexual harassment. I think is a huge exemplifier of that. Is like I get to be so much freer than so many women who are tied to their domestic partners because they've become accustomed to this like dual income life, or they, you know what I mean, like they and their jobs and like I feel so much freer than so many other people because I'm like I can I can get a job anywhere in the city if I want to I can go away for a month if I want to I can you know I can basically do whatever I want and then it is like and in the piece she's like and I was hanging out with like my friend my coworker at a bar and then I look down and he just has his dick out and then you're like oh yeah I'm a woman <laughs> like it's like it is so weird and you're like wait a tick damn it damn yeah. it and I just think there are so many moments like that when you work in the service industry where you're like I actually I have the jump on all these people they don't fucking know and then you're like oh god damn no I'm the idiot damn it it's damn me it. again it's me again I'm I am having to take a break in the bathroom so I don't hysterically cry on the floor because of something just boss somebody said or something whatever and I don't have the luxury of like walking out of my workplace and taking a lap around the block and going to get a soda and coming back and getting back to my desk and nobody right. notices let alone work from home oh my god you know it's just it is it's it, it it's it's an interesting place we find ourselves in I this is not really related, but I was really laughing. I, I didn't realize I did this, but um, this is not really related at all. I'm sorry. It just reminds What reminds me of like, I found myself repeating habits of my old life in my new work like uh, space, which was very hilarious to me. And other people noticed it, but didn't really understand what it was. And so like, A, I do a thing where I always have a little comment when I leave the room because it's like when you work at a restaurant when you're like you're like and that's the end of that story and you go to a table you know what I mean like you yeah. plan out your comment you plan out what you say right because you can only you have these like staccato you have these yeah. so it's like I have these little like things I do but um I was leading a meeting and then like when somebody was talking during the meeting I just would leave the room which is like which is like and it's, it, it sounds worse than it is. It, the way that it's set up, it's not as, like, jarring as, like, me opening a door and leaving. You're not, it's like, getting like more... Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. No, literally no, no, anytime no, no. someone else is speaking. I have to get out of here. I can't... No, I can't No, I this. just... Excuse me, excuse me. Just, no, um... Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, but I, but I do move away, and so, like... And I was like, why the fuck? And someone was like, yeah, I like how during the meetings you just, like, peace out into the kitchen when somebody else is, like, doing... And I was like, why? And I was like... Cause I feel like I'm hosting a comedy show. <laughs> and so I guess just to say like, it's related in that, like it's so interesting to me, even just like these weird physical, like 
bone like ske- fragments of like all of your like work and all the weird shit you've done and like restaurant stuff I know figures into how I tackle anything because that's that's been what I've done for a living for so long so it's fascinating to like see these little things pop up in like a new way in your like weird life and it is very it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of comforting, honestly, because it's like some amount of continuity, but um, it is very funny. I do kind of feel like I'm like a traumatized <laughs> pa- like animal or patient. Like, right. well, the reason why she runs around in circles is because when she was chained in the backyard for so long, that was the only way she could get a little treat. Or It's like, it's like yeah. that's like what I feel like I'm doing. I'm doing all these weird sort of like synchronized movements or something. Anyways. No, of course. I mean, I... Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. And I think, well, something I always think about is um, years ago I was reading an article about uh, one of those kids who was in one of those orphanages in Romania where they, like, never touched the Don't children. Don't touch them, yeah. And he was adopted by a couple in the U.S. and uh, had like was sort of, like, on and off with his ability to, like, be integrated into that family because he was so traumatized and... Uh, and he was the manager of a KFC. And I was like, it makes perfect sense to me that like a person who has not even no, like no understanding of like on a physical level has no understanding of intimacy and everything about intimacy had to be taught mm. um, that they would feel comfortable in a restaurant and that they like yeah. that. Like that, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I know why that happened. And I know why that works in his brain. And yeah. it's like, yeah. Like, you can, like, yeah. It, it really shapes you. It does. It does. And it's, it's beautiful. And it's like, it's fucking heavy. And, like, yeah. I mean, just, just thinking about, God, all the fucking jobs I've had and how much it fucking wrung out of me and how much I got from it. But like certain jobs, it just, yeah, it's just a lot. Yeah. It's just a lot. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, you can really get fucking put through it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, again, like I just, yeah, this piece was really moving to me, but yeah, she was saying like, you know, and people say, what's the craziest thing someone said to you? What's the worst thing? And she was like, I don't remember. And it's like, that happens too. It's like, yep. what do I remember of? Like, I definitely remember my bad bosses, but like bad yeah. customers. No, I, it's so funny that too, because I, a lot of people, when they hear, oh, you were a bartender. What's the, what's the worst thing? So yeah, you know, right. they always ask that question. And I don't ever have an answer either because I say, I, I really can't remember. And it's not that it was so long ago. I just, it's a blank. It's a blank. I can't think of almost a single thing. And I actually thank God we have, we, we talked about them on this podcast. That's the only way we'll remember them is I go back and I literally, I'm like, oh yeah, like that was crazy, but it's not in my brain anymore because I, I had to take it out of my brain. Right. Right, and you stop storing the information. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, it's not valuable. Because I'm not a fucking monkey. No. I'm not telling a little tale that makes you feel better about your job. Right, or about your interactions at a bar. Exactly. 
I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you, everyone's kind of an asshole. I don't know what you want me to say. There's a rare, rare few. And me too. You think when I, I Yeah, I mean, yes, a God. God knows I'm an asshole. I'm I mean, like, fuck. I'm, I'm like, I'm that's trying a great place, Gary. What'd you say? Nothing. I don't want to be an asshole. I just like, what are you, what, what else are you supposed to be? Well, yeah. And it's like, you're put in this position where you are being served. And so of course you're being like evaluating the service. I'm not being, no, I'm not saying I'm an asshole to servers. I'm just saying in general, I'm an asshole. Oh, I'm not an asshole to servers, but I am like, (laughs) I'm like, like I hope yeah. you're I hope you're going to coding camp because I don't see this one lasting for you. <laughs> I don't see this gig. <laughs> They're very sweet. I always tip well. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Um Oh my god. Well, folks. Folks, that about We've done it again. Are... We've done it again. We did another episode for you. Um, yeah, great, great essay. If you haven't read it yet, definitely check it out. It's on, what is it? The website? It's on, like, dirt? The Dirt. Something I've never the heard dirt. of in my entire life. You know, life. when you start a new website, I don't, oh, it's kind of interesting looking. It's a daily, it says, Dirt is a daily-ish newsletter about <laughs> digital pop culture. You know oh, no, what? it says here, it says here that the that the Dirt is a daily-ish newsletter. Okay. Oh, can you imagine that? And no, I'm that's loving that. I've never heard of that before. I've never oh. heard of that before. Um, oh, and look, it has some vegetarian options for you. Look, you oh, can get a and salad. Do you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I know one of the like bless her heart, sweet little um, trans line cooks was like, "Okay, so this is my new name." And on Wednesday, meanwhile, Ash descends on New York. Yeah, closed Thursday, open back up Friday. I said, "Are we still? What do we? What name? <laughs> what name?" Kelly. I, I really was genuinely not trying to be ribbing, but I was like, I do sound like a boomer right now. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll, I'll, okay, you, I'll whatever makes you happy. <laughs> whatever makes you happy. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So you tell me what name are we doing today? <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, well, I hope everyone has a great day when you're listening to this podcast. And um, no episode next week because Elaine's graduating. Oh yeah, I'm walking in the ceremony for my graduation, and my family will be here. So I simply will we classically be too do stressed call that out. graduating, but yeah. Well, I'm not here. I'm not technically getting my degree right now because I'm getting it at the end of summer. So. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I know. I like saying I, it's a, fi- you know, I'm like, I don't you know think they ever sent me a degree. I don't think they ever sent me. I don't they sent me my undergrad fam- degree. Famously, famously long time listeners yeah. know about my situation. Kelly doesn't know if she actually has a college degree. True. Uh, my degree misspelled my name in two different ways. So. Lyolian. I think. <laughs> Lyolian. <laughs> I said, maybe I'll just get, I'll just, I, I've never, I haven't walked in a cap and gown since I was, you know, a mere girl. So it'll be fun. Yeah. They are still polyester, if anyone's wondering. Um, 
I don't think no, I know. They're just so it's like it's just so much more chintzy than you could ever like. I'm like I didn't expect it to be like nice, but you know you pay like 150 dollars and you're like hey like oh man. Anyways, you'll see. You'll see what it looks like. You'll all see. You'll all see. Um. All right. Well, review, rate, and subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell a producer. And um, we love you all so much. Catch you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.